Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the executive pastor here at Church in the Valley. I say that because I haven't been here since May, and it's been a while. In fact, I almost got lost on the way to church today. Uh, just kidding, I didn't. It was just like perfect navigation. Uh, but we're really glad you guys are here. We're continuing a message series called The Chance of a Lifetime. And in this series, we're looking at really a certain situation in time where Jesus, when he was here on earth, communicated to his disciples about what it meant to follow him. And as he's communicating to these people, uh, they basically have stated what that song was, which is, I, I will follow you. Where you go, I'm going to go. And they've decided that they were going to do that. Uh, but what they didn't know is exactly all that that would mean, all that that would mean for their life, all that would mean for their time, all that mean for their priorities. And so what Jesus did in his ministry and continually as he was gathering crowds is he always clarified what it meant to follow him, uh, what it meant to be a part of this movement that he was starting. And so as you dig into the scriptures, specifically as you listen to Jesus teaching, if we pay attention, we can find so much of what Jesus was all about. Uh, we can find a great deal about what he's calling his people toward. And in this series, we're calling it the chance of a lifetime because in that day and in that time, people had an opportunity to hear from the son of God about living life to its fullest and living life in a way that no one had really ever quite understood the things that, that he was talking about. He was just, he was explaining things in a different way. He was giving people this new sense of what it means to follow after God. And the same that was true then is the same today. And he presents this call to follow him. And in this series, it really is this idea of, it's not just mere information, but it's this chance that we can take to be a part of a movement he's doing represented by his kingdom. And so we've talked a lot about in this series about what it means to be a part in the kingdom that God is establishing here on this earth. And if this is your first time in this series or if you've been in and out, I just want to kind of a way of a recap to get us on the same page, uh, talk about where we've been. Uh, we've launched this series looking at, again, the Sermon on the Mount, which is kind of considered the greatest sermon ever given. And Jesus gave this to a group of men, to his disciples, but in the midst of this, there were crowds that were gathering because they had heard of Jesus' uh, work that he had done, the miracles he'd been performing, the teaching that he's done. And, and so he was gathering momentum. People were starting to, to follow and wanting to hear what he had to say. And so he had this group of men that he was communicating with, but at the same time, crowds were gathering. And so uh, he begins the Sermon on the Mount talking about certain character that each of us should strive for. And it's character that comes not from being good enough, but from actually deciding to allow God to change us from the inside out. And when we do that, we can have character that actually makes a difference. Not that's established by ourselves, not by our own effort, but from God himself. When he enters into the life of somebody, change comes. And Jesus talked about this change. Specifically, we highlighted this idea of peace and how following Jesus brings about peace that we all long for. If we have to choose between peace or turmoil, all of us would choose peace. We want it in our relationships, we want it in our work. And we'd want an overall life that had peace. And we get that in a relationship with God. He brings peace to us as we decide to do life his way. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't have problems, but ultimately it means that we have somebody we can go to when we face problems. And from that, peace comes. 
We also talked about the fact that we've received peace from God as we enter in a relationship with him means that we can actually be peacemakers to other people. We can relate in a way that lets people know that they're important to God. They're important to us. And so we're going to treat them with kindness. We're not going to just brush problems under the carpet. We want to deal with really reality. And how do we make relationships as good as possible? And that comes from being a part of what Jesus wants to do in our life and in the world. Uh, Last week, we talked about the impact that we can have. So we all long for character that matters, that actually makes a difference in our life. But we also want to make an impact. Uh, We want there to be purpose. We want to know that what we've given our life to has actually made a difference. And at the end of our life, we can look back and say, you know, it, it counted. It mattered. And Jesus really presented this question to his followers, which is how is this kingdom going to expand? How is this going to continue forward? And he talked about the difference that Jesus does on the inside to make us salt and light. The fact that we can relate in a way that's going to make people thirsty like salt. And people see a difference that Jesus makes. They're going to want to know, how how do I discover that? How do I tap into this thing that seems like it's made huge difference in your life? And then light. There's a sense of uh, clarity comes from, from following God in his ways. It doesn't mean we know exactly what our life's going to look like from now until the day we die, but there's a sense of we, we know the direction we're headed. We know who's going to lead us. And today we're talking about kind of another layer of the kingdom that God wants to establish with those that follow him. And as he's talking about the kingdom and Jesus specifically in his teaching, he wanted his followers to know how you can communicate with the king of this kingdom. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a sense in which when I hear king and kingdom and royalty, uh, there's a lot of different images that I have. Now, disclaimer, I grew up in England, and so I actually have this kind of important part in my heart about royalty. And, you know, we'd always celebrate the queen's birthday and we'd watch the Jubilees on TV. And and I look back and I kind of ask myself, what really difference does it make that we have the royal family And I began to to ask this question and I began to kind of think this through. And when I look at it, I think not much. My life wouldn't be really any different. And so sometimes when we think of like king and kingdom, we think of kind of this, this maybe symbolic power or maybe this abusive power or this tyrant. But in any kingdom, the king sets the culture and the king makes all the difference in the kingdom. And so what Jesus wants to do for all his followers, he, he wants to clarify. This is what it means to follow God as king. And as he's explaining this to the disciples, and I'm sure to all the people that are listening, there's a sense in which they've been tired of the powers and religious leaders, the leverage, the political strife, the religious strife. And there was a sense in which they had no sense of how leadership was really going to help them in their life. And so Jesus wanted to cut through that and say, here, if you follow God as your king, you're going to be able to have two things. You're going to be able to have a king who is powerful, whose ends cannot be thwarted, who sets what he wants in motion and it comes to pass. And at the same time, you can have a king that is also like a father. There's a king that has all power, but at the same time, he will love you like a father. And so this is kind of the concept that I'm going to be talking about today. The fact that As citizens in God's kingdom, when you choose to go 
God's way. You have access to the power of the king who brings about his purposes. And at the same time, you have access to the king as a as a father who wants to lead his children and both go together. And so Jesus begins to talk as he's talked about character and he's talked about impact and he's talked about the kind of life that you need to live. He decides to say, well, here's how you communicate. Here's how you have a relationship with the king of this kingdom. It's not just ideas. It's not just ends that you have to try to bring about, but there's an actual relationship that can exist. And he begins to talk about how you communicate. How do you pray to God as the king who is all powerful and the king who is the father? And he begins painting this picture of how citizens in God's kingdom, they have direct access to the king. That's a very novel concept. When you think of kingdom and royalty, you have to be somebody very special in the kingdom to have direct access to royalty. You can't just walk into a palace and demand a meeting with the king. It doesn't exist. There's a certain power structure. There's certain ends that have to happen. But here Jesus is saying citizens in the kingdom, they have direct access. Because you're not just royal subjects. You are children of the king. I wanted to show an image. It may be hard to see, but this is kind of the image that I know in my head I sometimes have when I think about the kingdoms of the earth and approaching the king. And you can see there's somebody on the throne. There's all sorts of these people. And you have people in the front that are pleading with the king. And then do you see what's there like right in front of the king? You have direct access, but you have to go through the lion. Okay. There's an idea of, yeah, you can come before me, but if I don't like your idea, this leash will get loosened and it could attack. There's a lot of fear and, and trembling that can exist in this kind of kingdom. And Jesus knew this, and so he wanted to kind of take away these things that people had in their head and basically say, here, you can have direct access. If you decide to do life God's way, you can actually communicate with the king, God himself who wants to relate to you like a father wants to relate to his kids. And so the people, you can imagine at this time, had, had really not this concept of how this relationship could work. And so Jesus began to explain how to pray. And you'll see this in Matthew uh, chapter 6. He, he unpacks this, this whole section on how do you communicate and how do you pray. And he, and he begins by saying, when you pray, when you talk to God, You need to get rid of of all your your pride and pretense. You need to actually be real with God himself. And this is what he says. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees... In secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap on empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So if you want to be a part of the kingdom, Jesus is saying, and if you want to communicate with the king, don't play games with God. He knows what you need. He knows who you are. And there's a sense of you need to get rid of this emptiness, of these phrases, of this trying to make it seem like you are somebody that you're not. 
or that you're further along than you are. There's a sense of you just you have to be real with God. He knows where you are. So as you begin a relationship with God, and it begins with this idea of how do I pray and how do I talk to him? There's a sense of Jesus saying is you need to be honest. Don't feel like you just have to kind of talk in prayer talk. Or talk words that you would never use outside of, of prayer. And there's a sense of where it's, it's not real, it's not authentic. You may try to seem like you're at a place where you're not. God, God cuts through that. It's, it's not for show. And see, religious leaders at this time, everything was outward. You were religious if you did things on the outside and people could see what you did. And there's a, there's a lot of pressure. Everyone thought, well, I guess if I need to be religious or if I need to act like I'm following God, then I need to make sure that I'm, I'm doing certain things. And so the scene at the time, as you could see Jesus talking about, is this, this idea of everyone would just be walking around and making their prayers known. Everyone hears it. All this fancy words. And it'd be kind of chaotic and it'd be confusing and no one's really unsure of, okay, well, does God, does God hear that? What is going on? And you could see that people had no idea of how does this prayer thing really work? They've gotten off track. People hadn't just, they disconnected. They weren't sure. And so there was all sorts of apathy going on at this time. And Jesus cuts through it. Just be personal. Talk about what's really going on. Talk about where you're really at. God is listening to you. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a sense in which that's so easy to just think in my head. But when you really think about it, the sense that the idea that God hears my prayer and he knows what I'm thinking and what I need and where I'm at before I ever open my mouth. It's pretty amazing. Not only do I have direct access to him, but there's a sense where he knows everything about me. It's amazing. And frankly, sometimes I'm like, uh-oh. He knows what I just thought. Yeah, he does. He knows what I'm feeling. Yeah, he does. It's an opportunity to be real, authentic, and talk to God like a child would talk to their father. There's a warmness there. There's a personal that he wants to know you. He wants to relate to you. And so at this moment, people are like, okay, so we're not supposed to play all these games. We're not supposed to say all these phrases. So what are we supposed to do? And Jesus knew that. And so he actually gave a pattern for this. This is how you can communicate with the king. And he gave this pattern for how prayer would work. And see, even here, you see kind of this context of how the relationship wants to flow. This is what Jesus says. Pray then like this. So you're confused. I've told you a bunch of things you're not supposed to do, but this is what you should do. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Right? This is the Lord's prayer. That you may have grown up hearing or reciting. And I know I learned that at a very early age. But what's so funny about the Lord's Prayer is I kind of would just recite it 
with like empty phrases that Jesus just said to not use. Like, our oh, Father, I don't have be your name. And I would just kind of roll, and it was like, how fast can I crank this? And there's something about debt and debtors. Like, what is that? And I, I didn't know what it meant, and I just kind of cranked through it, cranked through it, and it said, Amen. All right, I had the Lord's Prayer. I prayed. But really, what Jesus is saying here is that this, this is a guide for how we should direct our thoughts towards God. This is a guide for how we, sh- we should relate to God. So in this is packed this just pattern for how we communicate to the king who is all-powerful and at the same time who wants to love us like a father and who wants to be our father. And so it's broken in this. If you've just been interested in, in growing in your prayer life or you'd like to know, how, how do I pray? What I want to do is just the next two minutes is just to kind of unpack this Lord's Prayer into the categories. And this is how you can begin to communicate with God. And communicating with God is really the step that you can take to begin to grow in your understanding of who God is. And it's a key part of spiritual growth. Talking to God, communicating with Him, asking things of Him. It's a key part of growth. And if you've prayed for a long time and prayer is really important to you, this can be a reminder of things. Or if you feel like you're busy and sometimes you just really struggle with prayer, this can give you some bite-sized things to think about. So this is what Jesus says. Uh, when you pray, focus on, on, on praise, on actually praising God for who he is. That's the idea of hallowed be your name. When we pray, we should always remember that we are praying to God, the king. There's a reverence there. He is the king of the entire universe. And I get to pray to him. And so there's a sense of, wow, you, you are important. You are holy. You are worthy for me to talk to. You're, you're above my understanding. You're above who I am. And there's a sense of what a privilege I can have to pray to you. Hallowed be your name. The second is cooperation. As we pray, it's not just recognizing who he is, but there's a sense in which, okay, God, there's a lot of things are on my plate. There's a lot of things on my agenda. There's a lot of things that I have that are important. The cooperation is your kingdom come, your will be done. Despite all the things that I'm looking through in my life that are on my plate at work, in my family, in my relationships, things that I want to spend my money on, the things that I don't want to spend my money on, there's a sense in which we come to God and we communicate to him. It's your kingdom come. That's right. I want to be a part of the kingdom and I want to follow you as my king. What that means is there's a sense of where I have to decide whose kingdom am I working for? Whose kingdom am I giving my time for? Is it me, the kingdom of Barrett, or is it the kingdom of God? It's a cooperation. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We also present God with our petitions. Petitions, these are the things that you have going on in your life. And you need God to come through. And this is, can be from the big to the small. Jesus says just this idea of give us this day our, our daily bread. Provide for us with the things that, that we need. Now give us this day our daily bread. It's a sense of God help us to have enough food so we, we can survive. Now depending on your circumstance, that may be a real prayer that you've had. God, I don't know how we're going to have food today. God, will you provide it? 
So it could be in just a very small thing like that. But there's this idea in petition where you're, you're needing God to come through. And so you, you, you ask God, your kingdom come, your will be done. But give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need so that we can live for you. Give us what we need so we can actually move forward in the life that you've given us. So there's petition, there's forgiveness. Or forgiveness is next. And that's forgive us as we have also been forgiven. It goes back to kind of this idea of the peace. As we're praying and communicating with God, Jesus is saying, you know, as you're praying and you have requests and you're saying your kingdom come, if you've not dealt with some things related to forgiveness or if you're really dealing with some bitterness that you have, this needs to be a part of how you communicate with me. This needs to be a part of our relationship because I offer forgiveness freely to you so that you may offer forgiveness freely to others. There's a sense that you can never get away from that relationship that God has. I give you peace so you can give peace to others. I give you forgiveness so you can give forgiveness to others. So there's this idea of forgive us as we have also been forgiven. I don't know about you, but there's times when I'm praying that God brings up something that I realize that I've, I've messed up. I've done something to somebody and it, and it was wrong. Uh, this morning, I, I, I had this actually come up. Yesterday, I was trying to clean my son's face and he's two years old. And that's like trying to, to, to clean like a face of like an alligator, it feels like at times. Because it's, like, it's not just a swipe, it's like a scrub. And it works in a headlock, but like I don't recommend headlocks. That's not really good. And so I was getting frustrated with him, and, and, I, and I was harsh with him. And I crossed the line. It was just, I was really frustrated because he wasn't just standing still like, yeah, Dad, please clean my face. That'd be awesome. It, it didn't happen like that. And this morning as I was praying, God brought this. You know, I, I was harsh with him. And so I went to my two-year-old, and as soon as I saw him, as I walked in the door, I said, you know, I, I was harsh with you yesterday. You know, will, will you forgive me? When I was trying to clean your face, I, you know, I got angry. And she said, yeah, I forgive you, Dad. Yeah, I forgive you. Thanks. Hug it out. And it was done. And I thought, that, that's, that's, the relationship. that's the relationship that God has with me. There's just times where I just need to go to him and just, God, forgive me for that. It was wrong. And there's times where he brings stuff up where I, I need to make right with others. And there's a sense, and this is how the, the kingdom is. There's this, always this peace and forgiveness that's, that's woven in. This makes all the difference. Without forgiveness, there is no peace. Without peace, we don't want to be a part of it. And so this is a big part of, of the kingdom of God. There's also protection. We're supposed to pray for protection. Deliver us from evil. There's a sense of God, help me to stay. Not only on the right track, with my eyes fixed on you, so I'm not getting into sin, but also help us to, to live free from those that will come against us. It's, it's both and. It's for personal protection that will stay on the right track and also protect us from the evil that may come. And God is King who's all-powerful. And God is Father who loves us. He provides all of these things. And go back to that just that point in which everyone is listening. 
And the disciples are saying, okay, well, I've said I'm going to follow you. And now you're just, you're painting this picture of, how to actually pray and you could see that they're overwhelmed like oh my goodness this is so much more than I realized there's so much more at stake than I realized when I started to follow you that's what continues to happen there's a sense in which the line keeps getting drawn your kingdom come your will be done your kingdom come your will be done and again and again Jesus is inviting He's inviting. This is what it means to be part of the kingdom. So I want to talk just how he he kind of shifts and he explains a little bit more uh, in chapter 7. And he's saying, okay, I've just given you a model of how to pray. I've talked through how not to pray. And then he gives some instruction. This instruction is how, how to hang in there, how to maintain this relationship with God. I don't know where each of you are at. And sometimes I don't even know where I'm at. It just seems like God just helped me to stay on the right track at the right time. But there's a sense in which as we relate with God, there's times where it can get stale and we want to pray and we want to talk to him and, and we're not sure if he's listening and we're not sure just does he really care. And there's all sorts of thoughts that we have that we, we have to battle we're praying to the God who's there, but we can't see. And in that, like lots of doubts can come and, and fears and there's a sense in which that does he, does he really hear? Does he really care? I, I know he has the power, I think, but does he love? Like, does he really love me? And Jesus knew that just like as we think that and as we struggle with that, the people did then too. And he gives this, this kind of passage, this group of, of just instruction, which to me is encouraging. And this is what he says in Matthew 7. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now let me just stop right there. When I was younger, I read that verse, and I thought this was like the genie verse of the Bible. Right? Like, ask, and it will be given. It's like, that is awesome, because I have a lot of things that I would like. And Jesus just said, if I ask, it will be given. If I seek, I'm going to find it. If I knock on the door of opportunity, it's going to open. I'm in, right? Because you say, nah, meh. I'd rather seek and not find. I'd rather knock and that door stay closed. I'd rather ask and nobody listen, right? This appeals to us. Yes, that's exactly what I want. I want this idea of I'm looking and I can find it. I'm asking and I'll receive. I'm knocking and it will open. There's this, it's like the pave is it's clear. We can walk on it. And then he clarifies, he says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So then it begs the question, who decides if the gifts are good? It's saying the Father in heaven, he's going to give good gifts to those who ask him. Well, I'm asking and I'm seeking and I'm knocking. How come I'm not getting? You ever been there? Am I not? not is, is there a secret knock and a passcode? Am I looking in the wrong place? Am I asking in the wrong tone, the wrong voice with the wrong words? I thought it was supposed to be simple. I thought it was supposed to be real. Well, I have real needs. And some wants that I say are needs. But it goes back to the father and the son with his kids. My kids ask me for a lot of stuff. And what I've realized is there's times to say yes. And there are definite times to say no. And then there's that time where I say, hold on. Now, as a parent, anytime you say, hold on, that means you're going to be asked again. Most of the time, 30 seconds or less after the time you were asked before. There's always a sense in which, as my kids are asking me for things, I have to determine what's really best for them. What's best for the outcome of their life. Sometimes it's small things, sometimes it's big things. But I'm always approaching the relationship with what is really going to be good for them. What's actually going to help them. Not just make them happy, what's actually going to help them so that they can be the people that God wants them to be. And the same is true as God hears us. Sometimes we're asking for the stone. Now to us... I don't know how, but the stone looks like a big old nice loaf of bread. But it's not. It's stone. There's no substance to it. It will not help us. It's a paperweight of our life. It just does not help. And there's times where we want something good and it's like a snake. It robs us. It doesn't seem like a snake. It seems like it could really help us. And there's times where we, we just don't have an answer at all. But there's a sense in which God is relating to us as the king of the kingdom that wants his citizens to know what it means to follow him. And a father who wants to provide us what we need. And so I want to encourage you in the things that you've been asking and you've been seeking Jesus is encouraging. There's a persistence there. Continue. Don't get apathetic. Don't get tired. Don't get into fear. Don't think that God's not listening or God doesn't care. What God is doing is, based on the model that Jesus outlaid, he's saying that there's this kingdom that he's working towards. And sometimes what we ask fits in within the kingdom and his purposes, and sometimes it doesn't. And we don't always know how that works because we're not the king. We're citizens and we're children, but we're not the king ourselves. And so there's this part in which Jesus is saying, be persistent, seek after God, 
But never let your requests and what you really want get in the way of this relationship because your Father will take care of you. So Jesus tried to make it really plain. This is how you communicate. This is what you say. This is the pattern for how you can pray to God when it all comes down to it. Don't give up. Don't be distant. Don't be frustrated. And some of those things happen, but don't let that be the pattern for which your relationship with God is. He wants to take care of you like a father wants to take care of his kids. That, does, that blows me away because I have to remember that. There's a sense in which God, he really does care. That is true. And it's an invitation that we can continue to relate and, and communicate with him. Keep seeking, keep knocking. In closing, I just want to talk about uh, two things that, that can kind of flow as we continue to communicate with God. And the first thing is, uh, we need to make his goals part of the kingdom. His kingdom goals are our number one priority. Now, we can pray a lot about our concerns. Jesus hears us. And so when I was younger, it would be like, God, help me on this test that I've not studied for. If you could just lead my hand to know A, B, C, or D. Or God, help me with my finances. Because I'm looking at my checkbook, and it doesn't seem like it's going to add up. And there's all sorts of things, and there's concerns that I have. Should I not pray about those? Sure, you should. There's a sense, and as you continue to walk with God, and he begins to change you, and you get to know him better as you read the scriptures, you begin to think, like, these are the things that are important to God. These are the things that he wants us to be concerned about. And what God does is he consistently tests us with what our concerns are, what his concerns are. What our concerns are, what his concerns are. And as we grow to be a kingdom follower who follows Jesus, we want his concerns to be our concerns. And the only way that can happen is allowing God to actually change us and allowing the truth of the scripture to trump our opinion. Allowing the truth of the scripture to kind of trump our priorities. That's the relationship that God has with us. He wants to change us. He'll take care of us because he's promised that. Like a father does his kids. But at the same time, we want his kingdom and his will to be our number one priority. And from that, we can make requests knowing that his purpose and his will, it it will prevail. He's the God who's the king who has the power. And that, that encourages me. He has the power to not only take care of me, but he has the power to continue his kingdom forever and ever. So I don't have to worry about his kingdom crumbling under pressure. I don't have to worry about him falling asleep and his kingdom being overcome by things where he's not in control, but he's the king who's in power and he reigns forever. And so we're a part of something that's not diminished, that can't be slowed, that actually makes a difference 
in the entire world that will impact every culture, every people group. We can be a part of that kingdom. And he wants us, as a father wants his kids to be included in what the family is doing. And so I want to encourage you, as you are just battling in your own relationship with God at different points, whether that's trying to figure out if he is there and he actually exists, to just daily that prayer of God, help me to continue to connect with you. I want to encourage you just to remember, God, as the king, has the power. And he will prevail. And he also has the love that will take care of me. And he'll take care of you. And because of that, because he's a king and he's a father, we have hope. And so just just think about the, the impact that that has as you communicate with him, as you think about what it means to be a part of, of what he's doing. As I wrap up, I want to invite the, the band up. There's some next steps on your connection card. Uh, every week we, we talk about next steps. And that's really, how do we take what we've heard, the things that we've been thinking about, and how do we actually put them into practice? Another thing about God's kingdom is you find that it really is in the doing that the joy comes. It's not just in the knowing, but it's in the fact that we actually apply it to our lives. And so we've given these next steps to give you just some suggestions that you can take. Uh, feel free to, to come up with your own. But on the connection card on the back, if you've not finished filling that out, you can do that as I'm talking. And there's just three uh, suggestions uh, that we've made. The first is you may want to memorize a Matthew 7, 7, which talks about just to continue in your persistence to communicate with God. Uh, the second is uh, make a list of concerns that you have and, and take them to God consistently. What's on your plate? What's on your mind? What's weighing you down? And talk to God about that. And if you're not sure how to do that, you can go back to this, the pattern. And he, he will hear you. And then the last thing is pray for an opportunity to invite a, a friend to church this next month. As we're talking about the kingdom... And how God wants to expand it. That may just include you and inviting somebody just to come and experience church in the valley for the first time. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to be receiving our offering as the band leads us in one more song. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the concern that you do give us and for the fact that you hear us. And you actually could have established your kingdom um, in a way that we don't have access to you. And that, that surely you're right to do. But God, as our king and as our father, you actually want to be in a relationship with us. And because of that, God, we can experience hope that the power that you display gives us something that we can cling on to that, that will not fade and that your purposes will prevail. And in that, God, too, we can experience your love. The king who wants to have a relationship with his kids. And so I, I just thank you for that, God, for the fact that you have designed your kingdom to work like that. And God, help us, despite the things that we have in our head and the fears and the concerns and the doubts, help us, to God, to be persistent in approaching you. 
And so we ask for your help in this name of Lord Jesus. Amen.